This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kocher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Alrighty, hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 53. First off, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. I can say that once and now it's out 53 episodes now. My name is Drew Koser, I am your host. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosting brother, Troy Koser. Heyo! There it is, there's a perfect heyo. Then everyone here at Divot, it's, it's bumping in here today, Troy. Uh, before we get into that, obviously, this is a Nissan-driven podcast. While located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan, they just came out with the new 2021 Road and this thing rooms. Check them out today, Nissan Regina. Go there, buy your cars, buy your tires, buy your rims, buy whatever you need to get there. And as always, Troy would like to say, when you're buying your vehicle from Nissan and you're done and you want to go and stretch out your legs, stretch out your arms, get on down to Divots Indoor Golf, 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. Call them at 306-206-1270. Visit them at www.divotsgolf.com. Get your tee times. I know they're booking up fast. It is slamming, bumping, packed in here tonight. Yeah, divots. It's What's the old saying, Drewster? Don't make divots. Play at divots? Just like Dylan L over here on Simulator 3 or Chris over on number one. Absolutely. Yeah, this place is rocking tonight. It's buzzing. It is just like our podcast right now. In the last three weeks here, we have some... Big guest. Yep. We got some bigger news coming in about three weeks. Here we'll say we'll give it three weeks. Man, am I excited. Well, I just try it right away. How was the new year? Happy New Year. What's going on? How was Christmas? What is up? Well, just like you, Christmas was very quiet, low-key. You know, we had mom and uh, Jill's mom meals to go. Picked them up. We had a smorgasbord at home, so that was great. Uh, New Year's again. Well, I worked Christmas Day, and I worked boxing day and i took new year's eve off ended up playing some bingo grand coolie oh, the old bingo. bingo dabbers eh? yeah, it was online grand coolie bingo and okay picked myself up a 25 dollar gift card to cineplex which are they open i think so probably like four to a seat or four to a four to, a four to an aisle i guess i don't know how that works but yeah no it was a it was a nice new year's eve spent with the wife uh holidays were as quiet you did nothing. I played a shit ton of Xbox. I met some new buddies on Xbox Live now, and I, I know you're playing now too. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Stenzaretti. Yeah, guy's a degenerate. Love the guy. <laughs> Crushes wine every night. You know, he's a he's a weapon. Uh, we're buds now on Xbox, so uh, I, I haven't seen the lower half of his body yet, which wouldn't matter, but I haven't seen him yet. So right. Um, looking forward to meet him in the summertime. But uh, as far as my Christmas and New Year, it was uh, yeah, like, like you said, it was very similar to 95% of the world. 
Um, very boring, very different. But, you know, I took a day and a half off of podcasting and we got right back in the horn. And, you know, we have, like I said earlier, we have some great guests coming on. Um, well, two today, and we'll get into that right away here because this, this podcast today, it's a long one. It's two guests. Um, but, yeah, and I guess quickly try as we're recording this and tomorrow morning when this is launched and on the air, World Juniors, who do you got tonight? Canada, USA. Um, let's hear your pick. Canada, four. United States, three. Second overtime. Wow. That can't happen because there's only one. Shoot, and there? Shootouts, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say overtime, Canada wins. Oh, you three. don't start carved there. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. People forget. I, I'm old. <laughs> overtime wins, Canada, four, three. Okay. You? I'm a huge Canada guy. Huge Canada guy. Taking out uh, the nations and, and everything like that right now. I'm going to go uh, play the other side here. It's going to be 4-2 empty netter for uh, USA. And I'm going to get carved. Yep. Because you said two overtimes. You picked the States over Canada. Hey, I'm a hockey guy. Yeah. Well. I, st- I still love Canada. I hope they win. But I like the USA. If the USA gets on the power play, that power play line is ruthless. They haven't scored on our goalie in... I haven't played the States yet. It'll be a fun game tonight. Anyhow, let's we'll move on. I guess we'll have to see. Let's move on to some uh, some golf talk. I know you have some notes over there written down. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off before the golf talk. Okay. Who's the first part of our guest tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Now you can just tell. Go for it. Go ahead. Cody Fajardo. The other part. What part of that? But you said we had two tomorrow. We do. Who's the other one? Well, I was going to get to that later, but go on. It's part of what I'm getting into here. Oh, VLT Sast. That's a gambling uh, Twitter page, I believe, right? Absolutely. Let's throw some money on the game tonight. Game oh. hasn't started yet. Okay. What do you want to do? Let's throw 20 bucks. All right. Deal. Done. Done. We can tag the boys at uh, VLT SAS. 20 <laughs> there bucks. There we go. Okay. Sorry. We're Golf out of talk. It. Golf talk. Yeah, yeah, we're tired. It's been a long day. Uh, golf talk. So this week, Thursday, first PGA Tour event of 2021 is coming up. Get excited. Oh, boy, my pump. First of many. We got the uh, Century Tournament of Champions going on. It's being played in Maui, Hawaii. Nice spot. <laughs> Anyways, it's a deep field. We got everybody there. DJ, JT, Rombo, Deshambo, Reed, Answer, Simpson, Morikawa, Fino, many, many more. Going to be watching a lot of golf this upcoming weekend. Yeah, between playing uh, video game golf, we'll be watching a lot of, uh, once I'm done my society events, we'll be watching a lot of golf. Looking forward to it. I was watching a lot of practice rounds today, guys putting. Uh, guys like jammed and jacked up to be for this one here, so I'm excited for it. Um, and yeah, I guess again, VLT Sass hit up their uh, Twitter page for some picks this week. I know that they're uh, they're gambling degenerates uh, themselves. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Got to be good at something. It's true. And right? if you don't if you don't put anything on it, you're you losing. Never, you never know. Exactly, you're losing. you're losing. Trust the process, as they say. Anything else you want to touch on, Troy, before we go into our guests? <sighs> I don't think I have to throw with the social media handles, do I? Ah, quickly here. Let's talk about our guest first. So our guest. Well, two guests this week. Number one, I'm not sure actually what I'm going to do first. Please ever go first, but Cody Fajardo is going to go uh, first in the interview tomorrow. He's a starting quarterback of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Who, uh, who just signed a two-year deal today, extended through 2022. Congrats, Cody. Yeah, congrats, friend of the show. Uh, Cody had a lot, a lot of good things to say. You know, he talked a lot of football, talked about the Oakland Raiders, uh, you know, some cool stories. Troy, Troy threw some fat, uh, stats at him. Uh, he was quite impressed, and we were impressed. He knew the answer. So. What, what, one thing I really liked about Cody's interview was the uh, 
you know, didn't go drink beer in the end zone with the, in, in Pilsner country there. And why was it? Because his, it was his dad's very first CFL game. <laughs> Otherwise, he said he would have. So, <laughs> And he did, uh, quote-unquote, say that if they win the Drake Cup, um, they will be going to Gabo's. So he will check out Gabo's uh, nightclub. And he's also a fan of The Office. Huge fan. Buddha this bread. All right, perfect. And our next guest will be uh, the unknown character that runs the VLT Sask page in uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, he puts out a lot of funny stuff. We recorded that one on Christmas night, I think, or Boxing Day night. I don't know. It was me and the guy, and we, we chatted about parlays and gambling and, you know, degenerates leaning the chair up at the VLT, and, you know, he's a pigeon if he does that, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah. great interview to start the new year off with two you know, we're going to call Cody a sassy boy. He's a, he's a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. He's one of ours now for the next few years here. So, uh, and obviously VLT Sask. Uh, other than that, Troy, rip off the social handles here before we send it in to uh, Cody Fajardo. Well, we got Twitter and Instagram is uh, at underscore off the hosel. Facebook is at off the hosel. And uh, Twitter feed is at Coaster Troy, at Coaster Drew. Uh, Danny's not here. Uh, what is he? Hags? At D Hags double Z. There you go. See? At least you knew it off by heart. There it is. I don't tweet them that often, so <laughs> I see them enough. Fair enough. Okay, folks, well, here it is. Uh, without further ado, here's uh, Cody Fajardo. Hope you guys enjoy it. Are you tired of the same old spice, rum, and coke, or any other basic mixed drink? Well, we want to change that. Here at Off the Hosel Crew, we are proud supporters of Last Mountain Distillery. They got so many good choices that will change your world. Just some off the top of our head. Last Mountain Distillery Whiskey, Rum, Dill Petro Vodka, Root Beer Schnapps, and now new, Apple Pie Moonshine. If you haven't already checked out Last Mountain Distillery, for all your mixed bevy needs, Last Mountain Distillery, no questions asked. To be joined by an absolute beauty from Bray, California. He is 28 years old, former Oakland Raider, Argonaut, BC Lion, and Grey Cup champ in 2017. And now currently your starting quarterback for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're very happy to have join us, Cody Fajardo. Thanks for joining the podcast today, man. Hey, yeah, I like that introduction. I appreciate it. Got me kind of fired up for some football now. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping I, I did a job with the Riders someday now. It's perfect. Yeah, there you go. Okay, <laughs> so, Cody, well, obviously, yeah, we said off the top there, first off, we're joining. Um, you know, what's going on with you, man? How are things? And uh, obviously, what's new in your life with this, you know, whole, whole COVID-19, uh, it's called? Yeah, COVID-19. 20? What's it called? Pandemic. Pandemic, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, life's been a little bit different. Um, I've been playing football since I was six years old and haven't missed one year of playing football since then. And so going through my first year of uh, no football was kind of weird, but uh, my wife and I just purchased a house in Reno, Nevada um, in May. And so it gave me enough time to do some work around the house. But, uh, man, I'm missing football. And uh, I feel like that's been my calling in life is football. And so... There's a little piece of me missing uh, when we, we don't get to play. Awesome. <laughs> well, now we have someone drying their hands off in the bathroom here. It's perfect. Everyone's staying safe down here. Uh, sorry, Cody. Um, well, no I, I, I guess first off, you know, let's backtrack things here to a young Cody Fajardo living, growing up in Bray, California. Uh, first off, what was that experience like? Sorry, we got phones going off. We got blow dryers going off. Did you hear that question, Cody? Hey, that's all right. It's just, yeah, you get good. It's just like being a big stadium, you know, or opposing stadium. You got a bunch of noise around you, and you got to perform. So uh, it gets me ready for the season. But uh, yeah, growing up in Orange County, 
Uh, honestly, it was great being, you know, in the California weather, being a quarterback in California weather, throwing the ball in 75 degrees and sunny is, uh, is a blessing that I, I didn't really know I had until I went up to the University of Nevada and started trying to figure out how to throw the ball in the snow and in the wind. Um, so that was definitely uh, my high school years were great. Had been able to win a state championship uh, as my, uh, my senior year. And so that's just one of those things that uh, my high school set up the rest of my career, which is really cool. Awesome. So, Cody, you know, again, like Drew said, we're going to backtrack here a little bit. When, when, when you were young growing up, uh, what, 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 what other sports were you playing other than football? Or was it always just football? Were you playing baseball? Yeah, I mean, I doubt, I doubt you were playing yeah, hockey down there. No, I wasn't. And hockey wasn't that big quite yet, uh, especially in SoCal. But I did go to a couple um, Kings Duck games, and uh, that was fun to go to. But uh, in terms of other sports, I was, I'm a huge baseball guy, still am to this day. Uh, probably the, the sport I follow the most is baseball because I'm a huge uh, Anaheim Angels fan. And so I, I feel like that kind of was one of my loves. And I, I had to make the decision when I was a sophomore in high school if I wanted to devote all my time to being a quarterback or if I wanted to devote all my time to playing baseball or try and split. And I decided to play football um, year-round and only be a solo single athlete. And that was probably one of my biggest regrets of my life is giving up baseball because uh, I've been football 24-7 since, like I said, I was six years old. And so sometimes it's good to play another sport and to be able just to take your mind off of football for at least a couple months and play a different sport. So you just let me ask you another question by you telling me that you're a huge baseball fan. That's actually one of my favorite sports as well. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. How long are the Angels going to let Mike Trout not make the playoffs, not win the World Series. <laughs> they they set, just signed him to 10 years, so at least we got or now, nine now, but at least we got another nine with them. But, yeah, I, I mean, I feel bad for them. The Angels need pitching. That's the number one thing. They never have pitching. If you're an Angels fan and you ever watch the Angels, they are losing games 9-7, to 10-5. to five. Like, they are high-scoring games. It is not like a normal baseball score, 2-1 to one or 3-2. to two. Um, they're putting up points, and probably one of the most feared lineups the Angels have, one of the most feared lineups in all of baseball, but just have no pitching to go along with it. So it is very frustrating as a fan, but very exciting to watch because you see a lot of runs scored on both ends it's, of an Angel game. It's funny you say that about the pitching because when their best pitcher is also their DH, we got issues. <laughs> in old Shohei yeah, Otani there. kind of cool. Yeah, at first it was kind of cool to say that, and then you bring up that point, and people start realizing, like, how can their, one of their best hitters also be their best pitcher? Man, they need some help. And uh, at first I was like, oh, we got Otani, and he can pitch, he can bat, and then he became our best pitcher, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need some pitching. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then you go to play college football. You're playing in Nevada. How special was that for you? What was the college experience like? What did you learn from it? Yeah, you know, it was actually very special. I was, um, my recruiting process in high school was very frustrating. Um, I was the California State Player of the Year, and I didn't get my first Division One scholarship offer until our state state championship game uh, my senior year. So I, I didn't think I was going to go D1. I knew my family couldn't afford sending me to college if it wasn't for football. So I was kind of figuring out my life. And then San Jose State came along and they offered me a, full-ride scholarship, and once you get one, it kind of snowball effects after that. 
coming up to Nevada, it was one of those things where you hear about, especially outside of Nevada, you hear about Reno and you think, I don't know if you guys know the show, but you think about the show Reno 911. Yeah. And there's so much negative stigmatism to Reno 911. And then you get up here and you see the mountains, snow-capped mountains. You see the lake, uh, Lake Tahoe, 30 minutes away. The campus is beautiful. And you're just like, man, I took this place for granted until you go and see it with your own eyes. Spent four years uh, at Nevada, four-year starter, met my wife here, um, actually moved here because my wife and I want to, she's from here, but we want to raise a family here, and it just, it's home for us now, and uh, it, it, without the University of Nevada, I truly don't know where I would be, um, and that's something I'd say probably one of the greatest decisions in my life was turning down all my other offers and signing with the University of Nevada. That's awesome. Awesome, Cody. Now, before Drew goes and asks a question, I've got a... Uh a surprise pop question for you. See if you can get the answer to this okay. one. Okay. In the history of the NCAA, there is two players with 9,000 yards passing and 3,000 yards rushing. Who are they? <laughs> That's a great question. It is uh, myself and Colin Kaepernick, two Nevada Wolfpack alums. Great answer. We're putting up some yardages uh, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dithin, you got your, yourself right and Colin right, so that leads me right into my next question here, Cody. Um, you know, you were a redshirt uh, the year Colin Kaepernick completed a four-year run at the same school. Um, you know, first off, how much did you learn from him with your short period of time under Cody? Yeah. Or Colin, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I learned a ton, and he was part of the reason I came to Nevada, to tell you the truth, because when I took my official visit, he was my host. So every player, young player, gets hosted by a current player on the roster. And he showed me around the town. He showed me what Reno had to offer. But just kind of like the popularity, the superstar he was around the town, it was something like I was like, man, I can have that if I play, you know, at a decent level. Um, the hardest part about that whole thing was following in his footsteps and following the arguably, arguably the greatest player to ever go through the University of Nevada and try and take over after him. It was uh, big shoes to fill, but I learned a lot um, watching him. And that year, I was a freshman, and he was a senior. The Wolfpack were, I think we finished ranked seventh in the nation, and uh, we had this huge, this crazy, if you haven't seen it, uh, Boise State, Nevada in 2010 um, was one of the greatest games I've ever been a part of that I never played in. But uh, just being able to see how he handled himself every single day on campus, off campus, you know, on the football field uh, truly helped me become the, the person I am today in terms of the athlete on and off the field. Absolutely. Okay, so Cody, I, I want to ask, you know, obviously, like, I believe you go undrafted in, in the NFL. I mean, what were your thoughts after college ball? How does it all work out, you know, for the NHL draft? I mean, just curious, like, NFL. Or NFL, what did I say, CFL? NHL. NHL, sorry, we've had a lot of <laughs> NHL guys on the show here. I One, wish two. I was in the NHL, man. They're making some money over there. <laughs> uh, so I guess my question is, what were your expectations during that draft process for for, 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 for yeah, you, you sorry? Know, uh, it was, it was uh, another tough and frustrating. Like One thing, when I look back at my story, um, things really didn't come easy, and I just had to continue to put my head down at work time and time again. And I was probably... Uh, I would say somewhere around a fourth to sixth rounder in terms of project projections between teams. There was a lot of teams drawing interest. I went to the NFL Combine, and uh, my last doctor, I went through all 31, I went through 31 teams, and my 32nd doctor was the Dallas Cowboys, I'll never forget. And he found what they call a possible Jones fracture in my foot, which I never had any foot issues, never had any 
foot problems, never missed a game because my foot. They found this thing, what they call the possible Jones fracture, and it is one of those things that's kind of detrimental to athletes. And sometimes it could just be a little blur on the x-ray, but sometimes it can be more serious. And once, once, that, once one doctor finds out, they have to let all the other teams know. They let all the other teams know. They tried to hold me out from the combine. I had to sign a waiver to be like, look, nothing's wrong with me. I just trained for three months. I'm at my best. I have no problems with my feet. And, uh, and teams were just afraid to take a chance on me because if you get injured, they have to pay out a portion of your contract. So when I signed my deal, undrafted deal with the Raiders, I uh, had to sign a clause that said if I fractured my foot, that they are not liable for it, no matter if it happened in football uh, or not. And so right. it was just one of those things that was just super frustrating at the time. I got to the Oakland Raiders, and I just didn't love football. It was just the expectation, me growing up my whole life, want to be in the NFL, I want to be in the NFL. And then I get there, and I realize, and I'm just like, this is not what I want to be. I turned into somebody I didn't think I, I was, um, trying to be somebody like I, who I wasn't. Um, and it was just tough for me. It was a tough time mentally for me. Uh, when you think you're at the pivotal point of your career, you're at your all, all-time high. Um, I got a little cocky, to, to tell you the truth, and, you know, I got released. And uh, after that, I was kind of went around. I had, nine, um, I had nine tryouts with NFL teams, and they always signed the more veteran guy. And so my agent came to me, and he said, hey, look, uh, Canada, Toronto Argonauts own your rights, and uh, maybe you go up there for half the season. They're already playing their season. Maybe you go up and you see what it's about. And I told myself, I was like, look, I, I don't think I'm done with football, but i got to find my passion again. I got to Toronto, and, uh, man, the CFL just really pumped the passion back into me. I kind of reestablished myself, uh, who I wanted to be, and, uh, and then I ended up marrying my wife. Uh, or proposing to my wife at the time and just kind of stabilizing myself. And, um, man, life's been – ever since I got stepped foot in the CFL, my life has completely turned around for the better, and I'm having a lot of fun playing football. That's awesome. So are you, are you – do you have a copy of our script where you are right now? Because you just – you're making me bounce back and forth in questions here. You just answered the next one, so I'm going to backtrack to the next <laughs> one. I wanted to ask something about Oakland. I've been there before. Um, not going to lie, a little scary place when we were there. Uh, what was it like, I guess, being there, living there, play, I mean, playing, practicing? Like, what was it like for you as, as a player rather than a tourist? Yeah, it was, it was tough. Like you said, it, it's scary. Um, I got a good story. Uh, first of all, I, I kind of ventured out a few times, but there was an In-N-Out Burger right next to our um, hotel, and you guys probably know the hype of In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is the best. Guy, yeah, there you go. And, and so me being a California guy, I'm like, I'm going to go get an In-N-Out burger. It's about 1 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, and I'm going to get a burger. I'm sitting down eating this burger. This car pulls up. Three guys jump out. They bash the window into another car, grab, like, two backpacks in this car, and just take off. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I grab my burger, and I just take off, and I didn't leave my hotel again, never again. But the one thing I will say is if you are an Oakland Raider player, you are untouchable. And as long as you guys are winning, but if you're an Oakland Raider player, I don't think anyone's messing with you because they're so passionate about their team. Um, and, and it's pretty pretty unique to play. I got to play in the Coliseum in front of the black hole and uh, just seeing the passion. It reminds me a lot of the Raider fans, just the passion for their team and just showing up no matter what wins, losses, ups, downs, their team is there and backing them. And so... 
um, that was probably the coolest part about it was just putting on an NFL helmet, an NFL uniform, and just being a part of it. But uh, there was a lot of things I wish I would have done different. But now that I'm older, you know, hindsight's 2020, and I was a young kid at the time. But uh, there's a lot of things I definitely would have done different. So In-N-Out Burger, your fries, animal style or not? Without a doubt. Got to go animal style. Absolutely. Three hamburgers, three hamburgers, grilled onions, animal style fry, and a Neapolitan shake. That's usually uh, got to be one of the cheat days. I don't think Drew's ever got to be at In-N-Out. Have you eaten In-N-Out before? I've had it Sonic. Sonic's good too, but yeah, in and out. Cody is, sounds. Oh, like, you Cody, you sound like you're. You kind of sound like you're eating like the old lineman right now. Three <laughs> cheeseburgers and fries and double shake. Come on. Yeah. In, <laughs> in, in know, a, early quarantine, I was packing it on for sure. I was packing it on, and then uh, my wife is super into fitness, and so we uh, definitely started working out. And she got me running. I've never ran like long distance in my life, and uh, started running. You know, I hit six miles for the first time ever in my life, and so I got into really good shape uh for christmas i bought my wife uh i don't know if you guys know it's called the mirror yeah yeah. and uh that that's pretty cool it, you go down there and you kind of do personalized workouts and so that's been kind of whipping my butt uh, back into shape before we get ready for the 2021 season well that's good to hear because i mean i did my first workout in 364 days the other day and i barely got out of bed so uh, i'm hurting everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's about though it's about the soreness you know at least you know you did work well yeah now i know <laughs> I now I'm not I'm not sure if I should go play or uh, work out again or not. <laughs> or, or, or for both you younger guys, when you turn 40, that general soreness is just getting old. <laughs> you know they said 25. After 25, they feel it, and now they keep pushing it back. And I'm like, man, how much worse can it get? <laughs> All right, okay, Cody. Here's one for you, and hopefully I can read this scene whole correctly. Later in 2015, you signed with the Toronto Argonauts and played a couple seasons there. First off. What was the adjustment like from the, from the NFL scene to the CFL scene? Boom, nailed it there. Uh, next question is, what was it like living in Toronto? Yeah, so adjusting the first one, um, I didn't know much about the CFL. I tried to do my research when I was flying to Toronto from uh, L.A. and uh, just reading up on the rules and just seeing what I was getting myself into because it all happened kind of so fast. I remember one of my early practices, and I've, I've talked about this story in other places, but... Uh, I got out there and I, you know, I got my first reps and I was excited to get my first reps. And I kind of looked over at the coach and I wasn't doing anything. He was like looking at me and I was like, coach, they got 12 guys on the field. Like shouldn't one come off? And he's like, no, it's uh, 12 versus 12. And so I look like the dumb, you know, American up there trying to figure out this game. Um, second thing that I realized, I threw a flat route to the field and dirted the ball like 10 yards in front of the wide receiver and didn't realize how much bigger the field truly was and how much a three-yard pass, you're throwing it like 35 yards for three yards. Um, but other than that, once I figured out the rules, which I'm still learning to this day, um, it is one of those games that I think tailors to my strengths and my weaknesses. But uh, I find myself on the sideline looking for, you know, the veteran CFL guys or our Canadian players and being like, explain me this rule. Why is this happening? You know, for like – I, I believe it was last year. I, I realized that the clock stayed running during like extra points and stuff. And I was just so curious. I was like, the clock's running. Why isn't it stopped? You know, <laughs> just small things you don't really think about. But um, yeah, it's, it's been uh, one of those things that uh, has been a blessing for sure. And like I said, I think it's tailored to my game, uh, the bigger field and the more receivers. But uh, in terms of living in Toronto, probably one of my favorite places in terms of eating. They had some of the best food. We talked about food earlier, and now I'm sounding like a fat kid. I'm talking about nonstop food. But um, 
they had some good food, but uh, taking my wife to Niagara Falls was probably one of the highlights uh, for for me. I would I would never we would never be in that position if it wasn't for the CFL uh, being that close to Niagara Falls, and, and we spent a couple days out there, and it was uh, one of those things that truly you take a step back and you're like, wow, this is a pretty awesome place to live. So 2018, your journey continues from east to west. You make a stop in BC. Compare the living in Toronto and the football, Toronto, BC, Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. Um, so part of the reason I signed with BC to tell you guys the truth is my wife, I was on the East coast for two and a half, almost three years. And she was in uh, Reno, Nevada the whole time. So I said, I finally became a free agent. The Argonauts didn't want to sign me back. And so that's fine. I'll, you know, hopefully someone else comes calling. I had a few other uh, places, but I was like, you know what? I can go to Vancouver. It's about a 12-hour drive from Reno or, you know, a, a three-hour flight. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, and I'm going to go out west, be closer to my wife. I signed my contract to go to BC. Probably about a month later, my wife gets accepted into uh, physical therapy school in Washington, D.C. And so she jets all the way to the East Coast as I'm going to the West Coast. And so here we are playing this long-distance game again. Um, but in terms of the football, I think it's very comparable between Toronto and BC where, you know, there's so many things to do in that city that the last thing people want to do is go watch a football game. And it's unfortunate and it's sad, but uh, that's just kind of the way of those big cities. Um, and obviously in Saskatchewan, it's the main event, and that's why I love it, and that's why I want it to be at home for me as long as possible because running out of the stadium at Mosaic and seeing just a bunch of green all, all in the stadium is, uh, is one of the greatest um, sports venues I've ever been a part of is seeing Mosaic Stadium packed out. But uh, I will give BC the credit that it deserves in terms of the sushi. Uh, I'm a big sushi guy too, so um, that, was, uh, that was good for me to uh, be out there and, and living kind of on the beach and being West Coast again. But uh, definitely Sass takes the cake in terms of football. Well, and all, all the fans are usually sober, so it's probably fun for that, too. <laughs> and, and that's true, yeah. Everyone's basically sober and not going crazy at all, you know, like everyone's at church. But uh, D.C. did have the dome, and so that is a slight advantage that they did have because it didn't matter what the weather was outside. It made me feel like back home, like I talked about earlier in the interview, of throwing the ball in 75-degree weather with no wind. That yeah. was B.C. You can throw your best ball. And I talked to Ricky Ray about this. He's like, I just need to play in BC more often because he's like, I feel like I can play five plus years and still throw the ball 50 yards down the field when I'm in the BC dome. As soon as the wind comes, I feel like I'm an old man. So it's pretty funny how that uh, plays out for quarterbacks mentally. Alrighty, now it's, you know, now 2019 gets signed by the Riders, Cody, the iconic Saskatchewan Rough Riders right in our hometown. You know, first off, how was the move coming to the biggest football city in the CFL? And we're obviously biased, but we're obviously correct at the same time. Um, and some of the best fans that I've witnessed. So, I mean, I hope you like it here. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. Um, it was really funny. I signed on um, Valentine's Day. I signed my one-year contract to the writers. And my mentions was like 50-50. Like 50% 50 of the people were really fired up and or maybe faking the fired up, but they're excited to have me. And then about 50 other percent are like, who the heck is this guy? And why did we sign this guy? Why didn't we sign one of the veteran older guys? 
And so I, that was my first taste of Saskatchewan football and being a part of the media frenzy was I, I, here I am just signed my contract and I'm already getting like 50% all in and 50% people like questioning my talent. And I'm like, wow, am I ready for this? Fortunately for me, I was like, you know what? I'm signing as a, as hopefully I'm going to compete for the backup job and I'm just going to take it slowly and just try and uh, prove myself. And you guys all know how the season went out, third play of the game, they thrust into action. And I was like, well, here we go. Here's my opportunity. And uh, kind of just didn't look back from there. And it was a lot of fun um, definitely being a part of that and just kind of lighting a fire under the, the fans again and just getting excited about CFL football and especially the writers. Um, so that, that was really cool to kind of spearhead that, uh, that new change for the writers. Okay, Cody, I have to ask you quickly. Obviously, I, it's probably pretty, pretty understanding, I guess, and makes sense to most everyone else. But how loud is it on that field? Because we all know how loud it is in the stands. You know what? It's uh, hard for me to answer that question because when we're on the field, our fans are really good about being quiet. I've been to some places that don't understand that. Um, and sometimes we talked about this earlier. Fans get a little too drunk, and so they start cheering when the offense is on the field. And it's like, we want it to be as quiet as possible. But um, there is honestly nothing better than scoring a touchdown in Mosaic Stadium. I can think back to the Hamilton game when I dove for the pylon and just hearing the eruption of the stadium is something that kind of every time I think about it, it just gives me chills up my spine because that is what football should be meant. That's what professional football should be all about. And uh, it's pretty cool to be living in, in that moment. So how come you never ran into pill country and chugged a beer? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about um, starting, like, uh, jumping in, like, the Lambo Leap, but in pill country. But the last thing I want to do is play a game covered in, you know, Pilsner and, and smelling like beer. Uh, maybe so it's got to be like that, a, a game winner. I will say this. I, I would have been in pill country, but my dad, that was my dad's first Rough Rider game that he was at. And so all I want to do is go over there and give my pops a big hug. Um, but if Pops wasn't there, I definitely would have been in pill country. That's awesome. Okay, Cody, here's one. Uh, obviously, with the season being, you know, canceled due to COVID, um, you know, first off, your teammates, what, do you, what have you guys been up to? You guys working out? And also, what are your goals for the team this season in 2021, I guess, when it comes back to reality, I guess? Yeah, you know what? The hard part was I was so excited. This would have been my first time in six years in the CFL, seven years professionally, where I got to step on – first day of training camp and be the guy, be the number one quarterback. It's been a long time since I was in college when I felt that feeling and just the confidence you have um, and the chemistry you have with the guys starting from day one to the first game is a huge advantage. And um, that was something I was really looking forward to. And it's unfortunate that the season was canceled. Um, now, and now the factor plays into a lot of us athletes is sitting out for a whole year. How long is it going to take me to get it back? You know, cause I was in a great group from last year finally caught my lucky break and took took advantage of my opportunity. But now stepping back on the field, it's just one of those things where you're that little doubt creeps in because you haven't done it in a year, you know? So um, that's a little scary. So just trying to prepare myself, throwing as much as I can, uh, working out as much as I can, staying in shape and just going through the playbook. Uh, the, the coolest thing about the off season last year was coach Moss and I got to sit down together and we got to just iron out the offense and what we wanted it to be, what he thought my strengths were, my weaknesses were, and what he wanted to implement towards the offense. And so giving a mastermind like that uh, a whole year off to kind of draw up whatever plays he wants, 
uh, I'm excited to see what he's got for me going into 2021 because we already had an awesome offense of attack that I thought would have put up a lot of points on the boards in 2020. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like in 2021. This is a real simple question, which I'm expecting a very good answer. Cody okay. Fajardo, <laughs> favorite part about playing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? You know what? Honestly, it's the kids that uh, stop me, ask for an autograph, or ask for a, a picture. When I was playing in Toronto and when I was playing in BC, I was a professional football player, but I never felt like a professional football player. And part of the thing is of being a professional football player is being an idol for the young ones. And uh, getting that in Sask and just coming out uh, you know, to practice and seeing fans come to practice, seeing little kids wearing my jersey, um, that's what I'm going to remember. Yes, I'm going to remember the wins. I'm going to remember the losses. But uh, just being a role model for a lot of these young kids in Sask who can be like, hey, I want to be like Cody. Um, you know, my wife and I, we went to a couple of dinners and families would come over to us and be like, hey, my son was in the backyard pretending to be you. And it always gets my wife a little teary-eyed and, and it kind of strikes me at my core like, there's a lot of little kids looking up to me and I just don't want to let them down. So that's probably one of my favorite things about playing in Sask is just the platform I have to be a good role model for the young ones. So you didn't mention the weather. <laughs> You're not a fan of I the January, not. February, March? <laughs> I, you know what, I, I experienced it for the first time right before COVID hit. I went up to the uh, Sask Rush game and I looked at my phone and it was minus 40. And I was like, I looked in my closet and I was like, I don't have anything for minus 40. What the heck am I going to do? So fortunately, they, they kind of hooked me up. The Sask Rush was awesome in their hosp hospitality and just treated me like a A1 celebrity um, and, and just got me ready to go for the cold. But, uh, man, it was chilly, and, and I told everyone I kind of got my Saskatchewan baptism uh, when I went up there in February because you you got to experience that cold to be a true native of that area. <laughs> All right, Cody, here's, here's one for you, and I'm, I mean, you're 28, and I have to ask, like, for the NFL, like, how does that work for you now? Do you play two more seasons here in the CFL? Uh, or, I mean, do you have long-term goals of going back up to the, you know, the NFL? Yeah, and that's a great question. It's something that's changed. It changed year to year. Um, for me, growing up as a kid, NFL's always been my dream, always been something, you know, I, I watch it to this day, you know, every Sunday I'm watching it and I'm seeing some quarterbacks and I just feel like I can compete or I can compare to some of these quarterbacks. And it's just something, one of those boxes that's still unchecked for me. Now, if I never check it, it's not like life or death for me. But if the opportunity did arise and somehow I played out my entire contract and things went good, we're great cup champs, you know, maybe I, I flirt with the idea. But uh, I, I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm super indebted to the CFL. Um, I would not be playing football to this day. If it wasn't for the CFL, I would have been out of the league. Like I said, my first year with the Raiders when they cut me and had nine workouts and never got signed. So um, I'm super indebted, and I want to see this league flourish and continue to flourish for years. And so I'm willing to do anything I can. But uh, it's hard when you see other guys. You know, you look at a guy like Chris Strebler, who uh, goes and signs with the Cardinals, and now he's a backup, has a chance to play this week. Um, it's just one of those you th things you think about of, man, am I missing a, a bigger opportunity to go down and play in the NFL, something that's been my dream since I was a little kid. So that's just one of those things, see how these next couple seasons go. Um, I'm one of those guys who am all about my word and just playing out my contract. 
And so whatever my contract is played out and then kind of live from there. Alrighty. Okay. So now we, uh, we have to ask this question because this is a golf podcast and we may get uh, loose followers, but just kidding. You're a Saskatchewan icon. So we have to ask how much are you golfing? Troy says you're golfing a lot this year. Uh, and first off, when do you, when did you get into golf? So I actually have been golfing quite a bit um, recently, and I first started, I I got my first little starter set when I was a sophomore in college, um, because I lived right next to a little par three, and uh, one of my buddies was like, just come out, it's a par three, like, you're going to have fun, and so I went out there, I lost probably on a a little nine-hole par three course, I lost like 12 balls, and I'm like, this is terrible, I feel like so, I feel so unathletic. And then I just, it was one of those things where you just watch videos, you just dedicate the time, you dedicate, you get better clubs, better balls, you just understand what works for you. I took a little lesson um, with the, one of the pros in, uh, in, in Reno, and then once you start getting better, you just continue to want to get better and better, and now I feel like I'm, my game's at a point where I'm competitive to play with any group, but I'm not like super good, and I'm just not super bad. I'm just one of those guys that can go out there and hit the ball consistently and not hold anybody up. So what's your handicap? I am probably, I, I never really got went and got a true, you know, a handicap from a club, but I, I would assume I'm somewhere around uh, 13, 13 or 14. So you and I can golf together. You can't golf with Drew because Drew would spank you, but yeah, you and I could golf together, that's for sure. You've got to give us some strokes then. Yeah, well, when you're a scratch like my brother, I don't know. I'll give you six aside. Oh, six aside? Man, okay. <laughs> well, now yeah. you're 12 well, now. Now you're a sandbagger. Let me figure out my drive. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your golf schedule like? Like, How many times you play in a week? Where are you playing? So currently right now because it's cold and the weather's bad, um, I, I am usually I try to play twice a week. Uh, and here in Reno, we got some really nice courses. Um, one where my wife and I actually got married at is called Red Hawk Golf Course. I've played there a lot. Um, there's a course called Lake Ridge, which uh, has probably one of my favorite holes I've ever played my entire life. Um, and it's an ele- elevated green or elevated tee box hitting down to like an island green. Um, and so that one's pretty cool. And then uh, there's a couple PGA qualifying courses down in like um, Dayton, Nevada. And so I-, I was playing in the summer. Summer, uh, fall, I was trying to play twice a week. Twice a week. Okay, now I have to ask, because did you say the weather is bad there? Now it is. Now what, it's it, Can you define bad, Cody? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, um, you shouldn't be. There's two and a half feet of snow outside right now here, and minus, oh, I don't know, 26 with the wind chill. And I'm guessing it's rainy and a balmy, oh, I don't know, what, 11 degrees? That's my guess. No, 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 no. I, 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 that's bad on me. That's bad on me because we, we are, our low for today is 27. Oh, my Fahrenheit, God. Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Are you spoiled? So, yeah. Spoiled. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely spoiled. But uh, when the wind gets kicking, I, I did I did play uh, last week, uh, no, two weeks right before Christmas. I did play in the snow. And it was about 12 degrees snowing and it had like, 35 miles an hour wind so it was pretty brutal um went out i shot him i shot a 90 so i was pretty pretty stoked about that but uh man it was i, I felt for you guys going out and playing in the snow <laughs> oh i bet you did 
All right, Cody K. Last one. Um, well, one more note here before we go into our questions from the gallery. There's a ton of questions from listeners. Um, just some advice that you could give a young listener today listening in. Uh, you know, what it takes to make it to be a professional athlete. Um, yeah, business, life, whatever, man. Yeah, probably the, my, my favorite thing I like to tell a lot of my young athletes that I have and I train is everybody's going to tell you what you can't do, what you can do, and it's only up to you what you can and can't do. There's been so many times in my career when somebody's told me that I'll never make it or I don't have the arm strength or I can't run or I can't do this, I can't do that. And everybody's trying to just rain on your parade. And you know in yourself whether you can do it or not. And if you put your head down and just continue to work, things will turn, turn for the better for you. And so um, don't give up just because somebody else told you to give up. Only if you feel 100% in your heart that you don't think you can make it, that's when the, your time is to give it up is. And uh, for a lot of people out there, it may be never. You know, you might always I, – I think I'll be able to play – so I'm 40-something years old. Will I be able to do that? I don't know. But in my head, that's how I am. So uh, just ne- my basically my overall thing is just don't let anyone else dictate what your life is going to be. You get to be the own conductor of your life and speed uh, spearhead the uh, train into what you want to do. Yeah, that's perfect. Alrighty. Well, bear with me now while I'm trying to get to this ad read here. It's Okay, this is brought to you by Divots Indoor Golf. Golf is about the only thing that we can do nowadays. We can't do it outside unless you're down in Nevada, but we can do it in we can we can do it inside. Some come on down to Divots Indoor Golf today. They got great staff, great atmosphere, food is great, beers always flowing. So come on down today and play at Divots Indoor Golf. Boom. Questions from the gallery. First question is for you, Cody, from Cam Pateman. Have you ever been to Gabo's? Have I ever been where? To to Gabo's, the the, the, the nightclub in Regina here. No, I didn't even know there was a nightclub there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a uh, during the season I'm a hermit crab. I basically go to the stadium back home, to the stadium back home, uh, unless I have like a, uh, a gig where I have to go see people or autographs. I'm usually just chilling at home, um, getting ready for the week. Um, and by weeks, I usually head home to see my wife. Um, but yeah, I've never been there and didn't know it existed, but maybe I'll have to check it out after we win the Great Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty legit. You, you might enjoy it. Uh, okay, this is from, and sorry if I get this name wrong here, Scott Kulzicki asks, hardest adjustment to make going from NFL to CFL? You kind of touched on that earlier, but maybe the one other thing that you, you didn't mention, hardest thing from NFL to yeah. CFL. I, I think the hardest thing I didn't mention was three downs. Um, that is really, really hard. Uh, from growing up your entire life to having four downs to now having three downs is very pivotal. And I was lucky enough to be with guys like Ricky Ray and Travis Lule, guys who have played the CFL for a long time. And the one thing I learned from them is you cannot throw an incompletion. You throw an incompletion, you are probably going to punt. So you just have to find a completion, whether it's for one yard, two yards, it don't matter. Find a completion and good things will happen. Um, and that was hard for me because I was throwing incompletions in practice and just never could sustain drives. And now I realize, you know, if I can run for an extra couple yards, don't throw the ball away, maybe you can get an extra couple yards because three downs is really hard. Well, I got a Jeopardy-style question for you. Answer first, then question. Coach Dickinson was on our show and responded, Charleston Hughes. Dan Clark was on the show and said, Brendan Labatt. Who is the best golfer on the Riders? Ooh. You know what? I haven't golfed with many guys. I golfed one time last year in Sask, 
Um, but I know Coach Soros, uh, Stephen Soros, our offensive line coach, is pretty good. And I've, I've heard stories that he's pretty good. So if, if I'm going overall, not player, but a coach, I think Coach Soros is, uh, is our best golfer on the team. Good answer. Now, my personal favorite question to ask each and every guest is, ultimate golf foursome, anybody you can golf with? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, I'm definitely going Tim, Tim Tebow is, on, is in there. I'm going Mike Trout is in there. And can they be living or dead? They can be anybody you want. Oh, man, I, I, Jesus Christ would have to be in there. Good answer. You're one of the, I think you're the second guest out of, this is, this will be on episode 54, 54, 55, that did not say Tiger Woods. I think you're only the second guest that did, that did not say Tiger Woods. That would be really cool, but I, I you know, I, I don't think I would, one, learn anything because he's already too good, <laughs> and I don't want to be demoralized um, by just, you know, be one of those frustrating rounds where I'm embarrassing myself in front of Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Josh Gold asked, what is your game day routine? Yeah, great question. I, uh, I usually, it depends what time the game is and if we're at home or away, but a typical home game with a, an afternoon start or a later start, I usually wake up, make myself some breakfast, um, eat breakfast. I'll, I'll study some, uh, some of our plays. Usually we have a, what we call a first 15, where we have our first 15 plays that ideally we would like to run. Um, so I would study those. Then I'll go on just a tiny little clear my head walk as long as it's nice out weather-wise and then come back uh and then uh, watch tape i'll watch whatever the game was before that the team played i'll watch it from beginning to end just to see the ebb and flow of the game and how it goes and then depends on what time if it's a night game make myself some lunch or if it's an afternoon game maybe grab a, a quick sandwich and then head to the stadium because i like to get to the stadium early watch a little bit more tape, just get, get my wristband down, understand every single play on, on my wristband, which is usually somewhere around 90 to 100 plays. Um, and then after that, uh, go to Bible study. And then after Bible study, I go down. I'm usually the first guy. I try to be the first guy with my ankles taped on the team, so I'll sprint down and try and be the first one. And usually my PT guys over there help me out, and they, they kind of delay everybody and say, no, we're waiting for Cody. Uh, it took me a couple games to get that status, but – uh, then I'll get my ankles taped, and then uh, I usually eat. They have fr fresh fruit out. I usually eat like three strawberries, and then um, and and then I'll take my salt tablets just to kind of get myself ready. I'll chug two waters, and then I'm ready to go out for warm-ups. So, question: Go to yours. I swear to God, I swear you have a script right in front of you. Are you superstitious? <laughs> I think you just answered the question. If so, what's you know your routine? What? Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, being being a religious guy, it's kind of against your religion to be superstitious. But I battle with this a lot because being an athlete, you've always been taught to be superstitious. So yeah, there's some things I don't live and die by certain things, but uh, there's just a few habit things. Um, probably one of the most superstitious things I did last year was I wear a rubber wedding ring on my uh, obviously on my ring finger during a game. And if I have a, I tried to wear my white one for away games and then I have a green one for my home games, but I wore my white one and I had a really, really good game. And so I rolled it over into one of the home games and I wore it again and I had a really good game again. So I kind of let that go until I had a oh, not so good game and then I switched it up. So that was probably the only thing that I can think about that it was like super superstitious other than me uh, 
taping my ankles first. Already, Cody K. This is yeah. from Instagram, and I'm not sure if this is a <laughs> this is an inside joke, but uh, it's it's from Big Wig. How often do you brush your hair? <laughs> I, I don't know who Big Wig is, but I appreciate that uh, that question. I've never had my hair this long, and uh, it was something a hockey guy did, and I noticed it uh, over my years being just being in Canada that as the season progressed and they're gearing up for the playoffs, they wouldn't shave or they wouldn't cut their hair. And so I was like, oh, that'll be kind of cool just to do uh, for, as my first time as a starter. And so I did it last year, and my hair kind of got uh, a little crazy. And uh, I, I finally ended up just, like, cut, not cutting it, but just kind of shaping it up after the year. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been rolling with the long hair for a little bit now, and I, I do not comb it except for maybe, maybe once a week. I'll legitimate comb it when I'm going to church on Sunday. But other than that, I'm, I'm usually wearing a hat. All right, long hair, don't care. I like it. That's just our producer Danny over here. He used to have a long set of lettuce on him, a little mullet action, but he cut her off. Uh, all right, one of my players asked, Adam Hustley, your favorite memory as a Rough Rider? Oh, man, so many. There's two that ultimately come to mind, and I'll mention both of them. I, I would have to say, before I mention both of them, the first and probably what I would say is the Labor Day Classic game versus Winnipeg coming back and kicking that game-winning field goal. And I touched on it earlier. Part of the reason why it was one of my favorite games is because it was my dad's first Saskatchewan Rough Rider game being in attendance. And so it just meant a little bit more having him there. Um, and, and obviously what the Labor Day Classic means to the Ryder fans, to the Winnipeg fans, and just how big it is. Um, but a close second is definitely the Hamilton game. Um, it's, I don't, I've never in my career won on a walk-off diving for the pylon uh, touchdown and that was pretty cool to uh to put that uh, kind of on the resume chase from our twitter page wants to know who is your favorite who not who yeah i think he's got that typed in wrong now yeah, whatever who is your favorite nfl team and why Ooh, um growing up the political answer for us in college going to the nfl is you don't have a favorite nfl team um, so I just kind of had to say that, but as a little kid, I was a huge Packer fan because I was a big Brett Favre fan. Um, so I, I had the cheese head, I had the Favre jersey, I had the Favre players cards. So I, I would definitely say I'm I'm leaning towards the Packers at heart. Um, but I do like Drew Brees. I do like watching Drew Brees. So I would say the Saints and the Packers are pretty pretty close in terms of who I like to watch uh, in the current NFL. Well, I'm an Eagles fan, so let's go to the next question. Yeah, um, next question for sure. Hey, you have one good year. You'll take that. Yeah, with a backup quarterback that starred in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so Chase from our Facebook Off the Hustle page wants to know the craziest Ryder fan story that you've witnessed. Craziest Ryder fan. Just trying to think off the top of my head. We had a, uh, we had a CFL fan day. Fans came. And one, uh, this gentleman who is kind of heavy set and had some a lot of hair all over his body asked me to sign his sign his chest or his boots, <laughs> and uh, and so I did. And uh, it was probably one of those that stood out the most to me because yeah, I was right there up in the you know up in the in the chest signing signing away. And I was like, man, this is pretty crazy that someone wants me to actually sign their chest. Especially, you see it on movies and stuff. Sounds like Happy Gilmore. You had ha on one cheek and yeah, PPY exactly. on the other cheek. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, 
I'm I'm glad it was a, a male, and I know my wife is glad it's a male because if it was a female, I would have to obviously say no. All right, Cody. I have two more questions here in the Troy's, and to follow up with one more. Um, what is Coach Craig Dickinson's nickname that no one would know except for the the players and the staff? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't get uh, too much one-on-one time with Coach Dickey because he's with the special teams, and most of the time during special teams, I am in the quarterback room. Um, so I don't have a great answer. I wish I did have a great answer. Everyone calls him Coach Dickey. But uh, I'm sure if you ask a more of a special teams guy who spent like uh, John Ryan or Brett Lauder, if you ask one of them, I'm sure they would come up with a great answer or have a great one for you. I do not, unfortunately. So a little bit of a, a poor answer for me. Sorry. Here at Off the Hosel, we call Coach Dickinson a friend. That was pretty. Uh, you call him what? A friend. Yeah, what was that? Oh. <laughs> pretty lame answer. Anyways, next question. So uh, Ryan from Twitter wants to know your favorite TV series to binge watch. Oh, without a doubt, The Office, and I'm kind oh, of yes. I'm getting sad because yes. at the end of the at the end of the year, it's going off of Netflix. That's so, what I heard too. Uh, I've been watching yeah. it six times in a row now. I'm trying to be like Michael you know, or Jim. I went I went on the I went on Netflix, and The Office was number ten on the top ten because everybody's trying to binge watch it before. It gets pulled off at the end of the year, which is pretty hilarious. But yeah, I—that's I, something I do on game days. I put that on as back, kind of background noise, where I can focus on the, because I've seen it so many times, but I can focus on my film or my plays, and then kind of look up and hear the joke, laugh, and then go back down. And so, um, yeah, I love that show. Any uh, Michael Scott quotes? Any Michael Scott? I do, yeah, I do not uh, have any, but I, the one I do think of is when he puts on the board behind him. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take from Michael Jordan, and then it says underneath it, from Michael Scott, which is pretty hilarious. Prison Mike. You want to meet Prison Mike? Yeah, that that is a great episode, man. Okay, hey, Cody, here's one quick one before Troy asks his last question here. Knock, knock. Who's there? Buddha. Buddha this bread for me, right? Can you Buddha this bread for me, yeah. Michael Scott. Troy doesn't, Troy's not a fan. Goes, <laughs> when he goes ding dong and he goes, Answer it. Who's there? KGB. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the KGB has for no one. See, KGB has for no one. That's <laughs> You got one more question, Troy, or no? I'm done. This okay. office, we could talk office for another hour. <laughs> I'm up for it. All right, Troy, I got one more here for you. And uh, okay. the only way I'll ask this question is if you tell all your listeners to follow our show and listen to us. So I want to ask about your podcast, okay. The Road Report, a Rough Rider podcast. Let's talk about that quickly here. Okay. You just want me to talk? Uh, so basically, uh, Isaac, Isaac and I, um, we, I've always wanted to do a podcast, and I felt this was the most year that it was probably relevant because the writer fans needed um, their writer fix and were starved with, you know, writer information. And so Isaac and I started this little podcast. We didn't really expect it to blow up. And then, you know, we did our first couple episodes. And then all of a sudden, like, fans were just, like, calling us out, like, hey, where's the episode for this week? Where's the episode for this week? And so we realized what a big following we, we had. And so it was a lot of fun to just not only – we talked about writer football, but just kind of give the fans a peek behind the curtain in an everyday life of being a Rough Rider quarterback. And so the comments and the, the reviews 
we got for that were pretty pretty awesome and um, something we definitely look forward to doing in the future uh, during the off season and see how it goes. So I will definitely pump up the off the hosel um, for you guys on my social media. Get you guys some some of our, our Rouge Report uh, followers. That'd be awesome. Awesome, man. Well, hey, Cody, you know, first, like, again, first off, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this one. I, I know all our Ryder fans will be uh, pumped to hear this one. So, and obviously, before Troy chimes in here, stay healthy, and we can't wait to see you, uh, you know, in the green and white in 2021. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on the show, and, and I'm going to have to take you up on some uh, golf lessons. Being a scratch golfer over there, you're going to have to help me out, get my game down there. I just want to be consistently in the low 80s. That's where I want to be. Cody, he's my and brother. Like you, you guys he, he's my brother, and I don't get the free lessons. So uh, that's get, a lie. Get in line. <laughs> Here, we'll, we'll I, I set can, it up. I can offer, I can offer sign memorabilia for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if you win the Drake Cup, I want to be on the uh, Cup Parade. Boom, done. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you chug a beer out of uh, out of the Great Cup. Down. I hate beer, but I'm in. Okay, deadly. I just, I, I'm really happy you came on the show, and I, I, I really look forward to actually golfing with you when you're back in Regina. I know Drew does. I know Daniel yeah, does. Yeah, that would be a lot. Be one of my bye weeks that we definitely should get. We should definitely get out and show me a, a nice course in, in the good old Shaft area. And before I say goodbye, all I wanted to tell you was enjoy your uh, really crappy weather and that plus 27 <laughs> and a round of golf. So. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to snow next week, so maybe I'll have to take a week off, but then after that, the weather will be good. <laughs> All righty, man. Thanks so much for coming on today. We'll, uh, take yeah. care, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate you guys. Yep, have a good one. Cody, still there? Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Right into here, VLT Sask. Uh, obviously, I, I think you're from Saskatchewan, and I think people think you are as well. What? Uh, where did that come from? And and obviously, we'll get to uh, you know hashtag uh, trust the process. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, the 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 handle came kind of when I was playing junior hockey and. Uh, I was playing in Pilot Butte at the time, and uh, we were just kind of bored on the bus on the way home, and uh, some of the boys were laughing, and we were making jokes, and all of a sudden this Twitter handle came about, and uh, didn't really do too much about it, and just kind of tweeted here and there, and all of a sudden quarantine hit how many years later, and it blew up a little bit, and kind of got uh, more, of a, more of a thing here, and the last few days here have been uh, tweeting more and more, obviously, with not as much to do, but... Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to pass the time and trust the pro- trust the process actually came uh, from a buddy of mine. We were in a trip in Cuba actually, and uh, he was saying that it was from uh, Joel Embiid of the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers. He used to say that going into the season, the 2017 season, I think that was. But uh, I don't know. I think Joel tore his fifth MCL of the year, and fucking uh, that one didn't go for him. So I picked up the hashtag and I thought I'd maybe push it a little bit more. <laughs> I love it. I actually love it. I, don't, I mean, trust the process can go for anything. I mean, that's why, like, obviously, when we like your tweets or whatever it is, I just feel like I wanted to say it because it's like, yeah, you know what? Trust the process. And then your buddy's like, what does that even mean? It's like, I don't know. It's not on Twitter. So it's like uh, kind of cool. I like the idea of it. And then obviously, I wanted to ask about, you know, you create this Twitter page. Uh, you must have had a game of choice, you know, early before you started this. What was the, you know, the go to choice at the bar, local pub? 
uh, on the you know, video lottery uh, machine? <laughs> well, back in the day, when I first got into VLTs, like, I, uh, you know, I was a pretty big young buck back in the day. I, I won't give away my age right now, but there were still the old machines. Uh, if you got a couple of cowboys listening, there is like the old alien attack, the old bullfrog and those, <laughs> those old <laughs> units. Those are the ones that kind of caught my eye off the bat. And, uh, you know, here in university, you didn't really have a whole lot, uh, whole lot going in the bank account. You threw the odd 20 in, maybe taking some Sarcan and try to double it up in the, in the machines, maybe try to hit an alien attack bonus. That was, uh, that was kind of the first early days of, uh, the VLTs, but, um, now probably honestly wildlife is uh is a pretty big mainstay for majority of people everybody loves the, the wildlife bonuses but um ah <laughs> uh, you know i i mix in everything i like to change it up because you can't uh, can't let things get stale out there you gotta you gotta mix it up and you gotta see what's working and sometimes the wildlife goes and sometimes it doesn't you gotta you gotta <laughs> trust it in any way you try it oh that's deadly okay <laughs> right right off the top here i have to know because i've seen these degenerates like uh like the old smash in the screen when there's a bonus coming is that uh what's what's the word is that true or false is that a myth or is that a like what what is that i mean i've tried it it's worked and majority of the time it doesn't work so i need to know is smashing the uh, the screen uh helping that bonus come up well uh i certainly don't think so no i, I i'm a pretty firm believer that those things are pre-programmed like as soon as you hit that button whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You got no control over it. Some people, they like to do all sorts of things. You rub the side, touch the top, do whatever you kind of, your little, uh, your, um, you know, thing is, but, um, I'm pretty firm believer that as soon as you touch that spin button, it's, it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. You got nothing to do there. So how much money have you won on a VLT and how much money have you spent in a VLT? Well, that's that's a bit of a tough question. There's all sorts of VLTs. There's all sorts of. Uh, it depends. Are we are we are we making a pit stop at the casino Regina? Because that that can get. Oh, okay. Too. Sorry. We'll do local bar, <laughs> local pub. Uh, you're going out for a few pops, and you're like, you see those machines just dinging like Home Alone when these Marvin Harry pull up to the house. <laughs> uh well, I've definitely had a few uh, four-digit W's before. Those are kind of. Wow. That's kind of a standard big W in a in a VLT. You get that thousand thousand uh, dollar mark. That's kind of like okay, you, you've hit her pretty well. But um, I've hit that myself a few times. I've seen some big ones. I've seen a guy pull out twenty eight hundred bucks actually out of a VLT. That was probably the biggest one I've ever seen. That wasn't me, Jeez. but I've seen somebody take out that much, which is pretty huge. Um, I mean, as far as putting it in, uh. Yeah, I've had a couple bad nights, but uh, <laughs> nothing too crazy. I've always been like, you know, I'll, I'll have a bad night here and there, but I, I try to limit those, obviously. I mean, honestly, probably the most I've ever thrown in in a night is like maybe two, three hundred bucks. Like, that's like bottom of the barrel. Like, you're you're debating doing a toaster bath at the end, a toaster <laughs> bath at the end of the night if you have one of those. That's about as far as I'll ever get. Wow, that's a lot of cash, actually. I mean, $200, $300, I mean, but I mean, See, I, I'm like a 40 buck kind of guy, but if I'm like, if I'm feeling, I'm like, oh God, I better go to the stand-up machine. Those always, those always pay out. Then you pull another hundy out and then you're like, oh God, now I'm done 140. I better quit. And then you keep going. It's like, God, because I, I really feel like sometimes there's hot machines. And so that's what oh, comes yeah. back to the question now is trusting the process. Is that, is that, you know, is that real? Uh, well, I think 
to a degree, you know, it depends, <laughs> depends, you know, like the machine sometimes, but, um, I'm more of a sports fan now, honestly, like I've been off kind of the machine, especially since quarantine, you're not really on a boat playing the machine. So I've been, I've been more into the sports fan and that's where I feel like you're trusting the process. Like you got to, uh, you know, you got to play the bets that you think you're going to hit the teams that you think you're going to do what the, what the right thing is. And like, sometimes they won't happen, but I feel like for the most part, like sports fan, if you kind of continue that process, <laughs> it's, uh, it's bound to, it's bound to work out eventually. I feel like. Okay, perfect. Let's, let's write my next question then. Right into sports betting, what is uh, you know your go-to sport and what is the most profitable, uh, you know, like obviously with sports betting, like where are you going, NHL, NFL, uh, NBA, you know, soccer, cricket, what's uh, what's your uh, go-to? Uh, I would say probably my, my go-to has been football lately, but I've, I've been a big golf better too. I like, I like betting on golf a lot because I like the odds, right? Like, you know, you can bet. It's hard, though. You know, you can find Ricky here and there, you know, 50 to 1, or, you know, like, you can find some pretty big-name golfers at a pretty good clip, so you don't have to put a lot down, and you can you can, you can can yeah, pull out a lot, and that's kind of what my – that's my whole goal is I like not having to put a whole lot down, but yeah. pull out a lot, so – and I've been big into the parlays. Like, usually if I'm doing a bet, it's, uh, it's NFL parlay. Like, I'll parlay usually – I'll have a parlay or two every weekend kind of thing. Just uh, see what I can predict. And, you know, sometimes it's uh, gone well and sometimes it hasn't. But um, the NFL's tough. It's tough because it seems like every week you got a team that's fucking upset in some way. Yeah. Missing a field goal. Or like, honestly, like I've been bit so many times where it's like you think you got it in the bag and this team threw it. Like, what was that game there a couple weeks ago? Fucking Arizona throws that hell Mary in the end zone against Buffalo. I had Buffalo, and that was the last game in my parlay to win. Like, I would have won like a good clip of money, and fucking Kyler Murray throws up an absolute prayer with two seconds left and fucking wins the game. Yeah, those ones are tough to take, but that's that's part of the, that's part of the game. Okay, so walk us through, you know, like our listeners, I don't know if a lot of them if they know this, but like, you know, I mean, I know what it is, but let's walk us through a parlay. Uh, you know, what is your, you know, your minimum on each game? And, you know, usually what are you putting on a certain amount of game for a parlay? Well, I mean, it kind of depends what you're feeling. It depends how many favorites you're taking. It depends if you're picking upsets, how many upsets. It, de- it all kind of depends on the odds, right? Like, I'll usually on a parlay, I'll usually take a minimum of like, I would say six. Six games is my minimum on a parlay just to kind of make it worth the while, right? And then I'll go, sometimes I'll go a little crazy and do like a 12-gamer, a 15-gamer. It, it kind of depends on the week, right? And I mean, I'll bet as low or as high. I, I, I usually don't put too much on parlay just because, you know, it's fucking yeah. a little bit of a fairy tale. Like, you're kind of putting a tooth underneath the pillow there for the old tooth fairy to come. I still do that. Parlay, but, <laughs> I mean, I would say my average is about, you know, maybe like 20, 30, 40 bucks for a parlay. That's kind of what I'll average. Okay, it's not bad. So are are you like are you live betting ever during these games? Sometimes, sometimes I'll take something I like and I'll uh, like this game here that I'm watching this Clipper uh, Clipper Nuggets game. I got a little live action here, but uh, oh, let's walk us through it live on the pod. Let's walk us through your uh, your live bets here. Uh, I live bet Denver to come back after halftime here. I thought uh, <laughs> maybe Jamal Murray and the boys here would piece it together at home, but. Uh, it's not looking too well. They were down 17 at half. They had a, on my app, they had a 12 and a half, 12 and a half, which, which my app is a little different than most. Some people do the uh, plus, you know, 1200 or plus whatever. Ours is like 
mine is the uh you know plus like one or plus like five like it's like just times the number by what your bet is so they were 12 and a half which is good so i threw a little bit of jingle on them just to see maybe if they can make a little bit of action happen but they're still down 19 here six minutes left in the third so not looking too good but that's where you get your best bang for your buck too especially basketball like anything can happen they could they can make a pretty big uh clip disappear pretty quick absolutely okay i kind of want to backtrack in and obviously you mentioned you're not kind of in the vlt section anymore but you know people want to know where are the hot spots you know cold spots where do you want to stay away from uh in this you know this province of saskatchewan uh Honestly, sometimes, I mean, I, like, I live in the city now, um, so, you know, I'm in the city more as far as, like, when I did play and, like, when, before quarantine where you're kind of, like, yeah, yep. out and about more, obviously, but, uh, I mean, I stick close to home. I like I like the small town ones, though, honestly, like, the small town ones. <laughs> Creekside is, is, close to my, is close to my heart. People like Creekside Pub there. That's a, that's a good one. We actually were just there. Last week, uh, wing night there. That was not a bad time, and uh, we had a little bit of a win there. That wasn't bad, but um, I like the small town bars. Honestly, I think the small town bars are a little bit more like you got your kind of like hardcore DJs that are there like every fucking <laughs> week, every day of the week kind of thing, and then you got like you kind of if you get in there at the right time, you can kind of like weasel your way in there and maybe mix it up a bit and get a fucking win. Okay, so and I actually had a buddy just he sent me two questions for you. Uh, one, are are you a stand up chair guy? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And the, and the it, it's a loaded question. I'm not afraid to take a seat down. You know, rest the legs a little bit, like put my feet up, enjoy the enjoy it a bit. But uh, sometimes, if uh, if I want to stand up, maybe stretch out a bit, I'll do that too. It kind of depends on. The on what uh what the situation is like if you're down like a, a buck or maybe a couple hundred bucks and uh, <laughs> situations get a little bit more desperate maybe you're standing just because it's not quite a, it's more stressful you know you can't just sit down it's not just relaxing like you gotta be standing out there's business here when you're in that deep like fuck you gotta you gotta really be watching that point you know? I go through total superstitions. I'll like do the first four pushes with the left button four and with the right and then switch it up then I'll sit but are you a guy that's like leaning the chair up when you're going like if your machine's hot <laughs> no no chance <laughs> i think those guys are fucking fidgets you <laughs> leaning the chair up God, no. like if you go if you have to leave and usually what you're leaving for is probably to go get more money because you fucking lost all your money and you're putting your chair up like come on i don't like that one bit but uh i mean Hey man, beggars can't be choosers. I'm I'm not gonna fucking write the rule book here. I'm not the king of the BLTs. If you want to put your chair, up, put your chair up. But I'm just not going to. <laughs> so his next part of that question was, if like if you did that, or and if you haven't, have you ever gotten an altercation at the bar or a pub with the guy lights, you know, leaning his chair up? You know, he's dumping the thousand in there. Um, that was kind of his next question. That one. If I've ever taken a, a BLT with the chairs up, have yeah. I ever done that? Uh, I don't think so, but I mean, that's also hard to say, you know, like I've had a couple GPs at a couple places and I mean, they've kind of blended together a little bit, especially honestly, the, probably the place that, that, uh, strikes me the most for the, the Southern Saskatchewan half of the province here is, uh, the pump roadhouse. Cause that place used to be an absolute blur and there was VLTs. There was like one of the only bars that had like VLTs. If it was like a, like a, 
you're getting like banged up. Oh like, yeah. Thursday, Thursday, like you weren't going there to have <laughs> casual on a thirsty Thursday. So like there'd be times there where I don't know, like fuck, maybe the chair was up, maybe it wasn't. I don't really know what's going on. You're kind of in and out there. Like it's kind of, it's kind of free for all over there. So maybe <laughs> at one point in time I might have. I don't know, but. uh I just remember those were some of the fondest like VLT memories of my life is in the <laughs> fucking pump. It was <laughs> such a free for all that place. Like there is shoulder to shoulder everywhere. And all of a sudden you end up, you're at the VLTs. You don't even know it. And you're like, well, I guess I'll chuck one in here and see, we'll see what happens. And it's so loud. You, you can't hear if you got a bonus or not. You're like, I don't know what just happened, but you just won 500. It's like, oh, great. <laughs> Shots are on me. <laughs> Went a quick five, honey, but then like some little blondes tap me on the shoulder. <laughs> like, hey, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Put, yeah. put your chair up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you never know what the old pump. I miss that place. That's too bad. RIP. I love it. Uh, Jay, are, <laughs> I guess, were you? Because nowadays they're kind of like gone. I guess you're at the, you're at the casino, but were you a change guy? Like putting change in uh, the old VLTs? <laughs> change, change. Uh, honestly, not really. No, like, uh, like I mean, if I had changed, like, sure, I'd maybe like throw a fucking toonie in here and there. But like, I wasn't on my hands and knees, like looking for some change around the machine to plug a quarter in to try to maybe like get back up or something like that. But um, yeah, sure. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, at that, some, sometimes those bar nights, like, you'd have, like, fucking 20 bucks and change after you, like, spend, like, you know, you're buying those triples at the pump or wherever you are. You got, like, fucking 25 bucks and change, and maybe at the end of the night you'd toss it in there, but uh, <laughs> not much of a change guy. But I did see one time a guy pull a toonie off the floor and pump it in the machine and one hit a bonus and one, like, I think it was, like, six or 700 bucks off. You're kidding. Pretty phenomenal, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually had a guy tweet me one time. He was in Saskatoon. <laughs> it was like a big group of guys, and they like took a picture in front of it. They're all fired up. It was like found something on the floor, and like they put it in the machine and let a big chunk of change. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's unreal. Okay, next question I just got from this guy here. Uh, Tyler asked, "Can you buy a VL, uh, VLT and legally own it, and then like legit lose money in your own, in your own house?" <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. You'd have to ask Scotty Moe there, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he, that's kind of like an underground scene. You know, like uh, Will Ferrell there, he didn't think about that. Game <laughs> night. Yeah, game night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be a great, that'd be a, I actually, you know what? That That's a lie because I heard of a guy, I won't say his name, but a guy I know, um, it was in the middle of quarantine and he bought like fucking iPads. I think he had like four or five iPads. And he had him linked up to his like TV in the basement, and he had like kind of like a borderline casino going on down there where like really he had like his he had like his uh, iPads hooked up to this casino app, and it was hooked up to this TV, <laughs> and he was like selling it as like this was like at the start of quarantine when it wasn't like as serious. It was like you know like right at the very start where like people didn't know what was going on kind of thing. And he like I remember him. Uh, he bought like fucking a shit ton of wings from Costco and was like <laughs> selling wings and like beers and like had like a basement casino going on. Pretty funny, but that's, that's unreal. Not, that's, that's the most I've ever heard of like somebody doing a, a basement or a home casino, but <laughs> that's that'd be legendary. Nice, I mean, if, if it uh, if it could happen, that'd be a fun little thing to put in the basement in the man cave. <laughs> so Tyler asks. 
Can you, uh, or sorry, sorry, yeah, oh my God, my bad. One too many last Mountain Distilleries. Um, <laughs> Tyler asked, are you a guy that's drinking a beer while playing or no beverage? Oh, that's a no-brainer. Tyler asked that or who asked that? Tyler asked that, yep. Tyler needs to smart up. That's a no-brainer. You always bring your drink to the fucking BLT, I swear. I think, anyway, I don't know, that's just what I do. And like, if you, why would, like, why, why would you buy it and leave it, you know, like, <laughs> That's kind of the whole point. Is you, like I, I have a, actually I kind of have like a, I have like a routine. I guess you could say is like whoa, I'm superstitious. Here to here first, VLT sass. <laughs> well, I always I always order, so I'll get like a drink, and then if I'm gonna eat, sorry, if I'm gonna eat, uh, I'll always order every single time. I order, and then I'll go to the VLT. So I bring my drink, I punch my food order in. And then as soon as the food order, food order goes in, I'm going to the VLTs with the drink, sitting down. And then kind of it's like I look at it as like a positive-negative situation. It's like if I win, it's like perfect. I won some money, and then I'm going back, and there's food. It's like negative. It's like, well, I still got food. <laughs> okay, now here, well, let's answer this question now. If you're on a heater and your food comes, sir, your food's ready, what are you doing? It's a hot quesadilla? Are you, are you leaving the VLT? You're putting the chair up. <laughs> No, 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 no chance am I tipping the chair up. I'm staying at the VLT. Maybe tip the waitress an extra couple of bucks and put her under the heat lap for a couple more minutes. Let me go to work. Daddy's in the office. Can't bug him. That's unreal. Okay, that's perfect. Oh, my God. Okay, I had, oh, my God, I have one more question here for you. I just lost it. This is not good. Tyler from fucking Lumsden's got another question or what? He actually had, oh, what did he ask now? I can't even know. This is brutal. Ah, oh, God. Okay, here. Let's go right to this one then. Uh, the most money you spent on a, on one sport game. This is on from Sean. One sport, one sport game or one bet? Like why? Just one bet on a game. Uh, honestly, I'm not a big one game guy. You know, like I don't like betting hard on one game. I've been fucking bit too many times to just like throw a shit ton of cash at one game i know like anything can happen that's why that's why i like playing parlays it's like you can still win a, a good chunk of change but like you're not really like you are relying on all the games obviously but it's like if one game goes wrong usually like more than one goes wrong kind of thing it's like you either kind of win all of them or you lose like four to five kind of thing you're kind of going out but i mean i've thrown i've thrown some good cash around them i mean i've lost I've lost more at the casino, put it this way. I've lost more at the casino than I have betting sports, I bet. <laughs> betting sports, my record's pretty good right now, honestly. Like, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I've had a pretty good run betting sports. All right. Okay, next one here from Mike, who's an absolute D-Gen. Okay, he asks, do you ever double up with someone on the VLT and split it down the middle? Say that again? Double up with somebody and then what? Uh, casino, or, or, did I say casino? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, Repeat boy. Sorry, right. a couple last months, Christmas. <laughs> uh, sorry, do you ever double up with a partner at a VLT? I, I did say casino, idiot. Oh. Sorry. VLT. Oh, do, I ever, do I ever partner up? Is what you're saying? Yeah, and split down the middle with the 20 or something. Oh, for sure I do, yeah. All the time. Really? Usually if I'm betting with a, yeah, if I'm with a buddy, for sure I do, yeah. Or sometimes they'll even pool. So we'll say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna cork sixty tonight, whatever it is, whatever the number is, and we'll even go our own separate ways, play different machines, and we'll just pool whatever the winnings are. Oh, but what if yeah, what if like one guy wins a hundred bucks and the other guys win like nine hundred? Then you put it all together and you split it right down the cork, man, five hundred each. 
Uh, I guess. Like as long as you as long as you agree on what you're putting in. So say me and you are gonna say me and you are meeting at Creekside and we're gonna have six to ten pints and we're gonna you know put a couple bucks in the machines and say our standard six to ten. We're put <laughs> put fifty bucks in. Um, so you win four hundred and I win zero even. Say I lose it all. We're splitting that bad boy two hundred each because we both said before that we were gonna split the winnings. And and in honor, that's it. I like playing that way because that is like, good. You spread out your chances, right? Yeah, that's pretty smart. I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Um, Jay, obviously, you being the you know the expert, I think, and we're gonna pump your tires all the way can. VLT Sask. Um, <laughs> where are some places? In, and obviously, with me being in Regina and now you, uh, where are some places that should have VLTs? Because I know a few places that should definitely have VLTs in them. One being the <laughs> golf courses. But uh, next. Oh, that would be actually a good call. I bet if they put it in a, a couple of those clubhouses, that would be a, a popular destination. I think, uh, you know, that kind of brings up a different topic. I, I bet if those clubhouses like, could do a little bit more, like maybe throw a VLT and maybe maybe open it up a little later, maybe do a couple more things. Like guys would stick around those clubhouses. To, Absolutely. Like, red, well, sure. like, well, while we're playing well, through 12, I'm a royal guy. Yeah. Well, just imagine that. Me and you were playing. You're, we're on 12. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you on 16. Where are you going? Nah, VLTs. Got to pump a quick 40 in. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. wouldn't that be money, though? Oh, I think it would. I like, I like the Royals got one of the better, like, club hosts and, like, bars out there, I think. I used to, I was a member at the Wasp for one year, and the Wasp was great, but, like, nobody ever stick around and drink, really, at the Wasp. But, like, the Royal, I've been there for a couple times, and, like, guys like to party around the Royal, I think. So, like, I think the Royal might be the best suited place to throw three or four slappers down the middle. Maybe even a little blackjack table. <laughs> <laughs> little game right downstairs. I like it. Like that little basement action. Why? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't a guy's Monday nooner say? Whoa, free app with Monday nooner. Yeah, they're beauties. <laughs> no free apps with Monday nooners. <laughs> no, they're weapons. They're deadly. Um, okay, so I have to ask the question though. So I was thinking here. I was thinking Brewhouse, Leopold's. Oh, yeah, 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 no, I, I fucked your question up. Actually, That's all right. It's cool. Um, Run with it. It's your world. Where would I throw a VLT? Uh, I mean. I've said it. I, I know the guy that owns the social hall, Mike Tate. Shout out, good plug, good plug, Tater. Oh, he's a weapon. I told Tater how many times throw some VLTs in his face. <laughs> he doesn't want. He doesn't want the VLTs. He doesn't want the VLTs. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I can get that downtown place. He always told me, he said, you know what, VLTs attract a VLT crowd. Sometimes you don't want that. <laughs> but I am, I am They're a different crowd. crowd so. You know, sometimes those VLT crowds fucking spend a lot of money, Tater. You got to know that. But um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Where, where like, Social would be a great spot because I love Social. What about Leopold's? Oh, Leopold's would be a really good spot. You know what I've always said? Actually, the Leopold's, I'm, a, I'm an East sender to not give away too much, but my Leopold's East, I always said that if they could have a little, there's, like, if you look above the bar in the Leopold's East, there's like a little bit of like kind of like a nook up there. It's almost like a bit of an attic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always said like if you could like kind of like punch that ceiling out another like six to ten feet and like have like another layer up top of Leo's East would be phenomenal. And what you do there is, yeah, maybe put like a couple slappers up there and some tables and just kind of like its own separate area. I think that would be unbelievable. <laughs> All right, Kate, one more here from that. Maybe a roulette table, eh? Like a little, little cheesy guy with a mustache and a bow tie running the roulette table. Minimum bet's a dollar. Get in here, boys. Let's play. 
Minimum bat five plus inside only. <laughs> Jay. So Sean asks, have you ever taken a photo in front of a VLT winning or a picture of the screen? Or video? Have I? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course I have. Snapchat, for sure. Hit the wildlife bonus. I've been known to hit the wildlife bonus sometimes and just, like, honestly get my phone ready. Like, before I even touch the screen, like, you hit the... I don't know if you ever... Have you ever hit a wildlife bonus? I have once, and it was the most exhilarating thing in my life, and then I'd never hit one ever again, so it's been fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you hit one. You hit one, and I just hit my phone and just fucking Snapchat the whole thing. I touch the screen and just let it play out. Just like <laughs> see if it's a big winner. Oh, that's put it on YouTube if I win a fucking G, baby. <laughs> that goes right to my next question. Okay, are you a guy if you get a bonus and you get ten free spins, and you know first one rolls down, you win forty bucks. Are you pushing play while it's doing all all, all the lines? Or are you letting it run out? I'm gonna let it run. I I let it ring. <laughs> Let I let everyone know that I just want a big, big piece of cash. No, I'm a, I'm a touch it guy. I, I don't have time oh. for that shit. I've seen too many of my day. Not a big deal. Ding, 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 ding. Let's go. Let's see how much money I'm gonna take home tonight. No, I don't. It depends what it is. Some, honestly, some go faster and some go slower. Like there's some that like you, you see the spin, it just kind of like does its thing. It's quick, and then you go to the next one. I don't mind that. Like I don't mind sitting and enjoying it. But there's some that like. There's like, like a thousand lines I feel like, and it like hits like ten to like thirty different lines like every spin, and it's got to go through every little one, and it's like takes like ten minutes to spin. Like I don't want to see that, but it kind of depends what it is. I, I, I'm a little bit impatient though, yeah. <laughs> All right, this is perfect, Kate. Let's get right into some golf here. This has been actually a good pod so far. So let's talk some golf. First off, who are you guys you like? You know, you're betting on, obviously, week in, week out. Um, and, we'll, and obviously, we'll get to some golf talk, how, how much you're golfing, and yeah. Well, I mean, as far as betting-wise, it's kind of shitty. We're in a bit of a lull here right now. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, this is the biggest. This I, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest, like, uh, break in the PGA season. Yeah, two weeks, year. yeah. They're back next yeah. week. They're, got, they're in the... Uh, Next is the Hyundai. It's the Tournament Champions next. Yeah, in Hawaii, yep. Yeah, that's a good... I've actually... Not a big deal. I've been there one time. That's a <laughs> royal nice tournament to fucking be a part of. Maui, why wouldn't I do that? But uh, uh, honestly, I like... I, I'm a big betting guy of like... I don't take the favorites. I, I never bet a favorite because their odds are just like... Like, you take the hottest golfer and you give them a four to one. It's like... I ain't betting DJ because he won the week before and he's four to one now. Like it just doesn't make it worth it to me. Oh, like, you're carving you me right now from when I picked DJ a few weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a bit of a carve there. Would you pick DJ JT and <laughs> DJ JT and Rory, the three number number three golfers in the whole world for the fucking Masters? Is that but hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why is that a bad thing though? They won. I still won. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, did you put any scoots on it though? How much? Did you put any scoots on it though? What's a scoots? Scoots? Any money? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I put twenty bucks on each guy. Well, there you go. At least you got something out of it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big like kind of dark horse guy. Like I like just try to find a guy from the weeds and just like, and you know what? I, and, and to say this, kind of add on my point here is like, what I was doing later in the season is I would usually 
let the first, maybe the second round play out. And then I would kind of see what was cooking like oh. after that. Because sometimes you kind of see maybe a guy that's like, um, you know, he shot a good round on Saturday and he's looking good going into Sunday, but he's still like four back and like, you might hit one that way, but yeah, I like that. It's all about feel. Like I, I watch PGA all the time. Like betting or not, like I'm a, I'm a massive golf guy. I love golf. So like I watch all the time. So I kind of, I kind of get a feel that just like who's playing well, like who's, who's kind of been buzzing, who's not. And, you know, obviously with golf, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, a guy that's playing really, guy that won the tournament by 10 strokes the week before can not even make the cut the next week. Like, that's golf. We all know how that goes. But um, if you know who's been playing well consistently, I feel like you know who's like, okay, this guy's like been, you know, in the mix for the last like four or five weeks. Like, he's kind of due to like maybe continue that or whatever the case is. Like, that's kind of what I look for in golf anyway because it's just consistency, right? Like, if yeah. you find a guy that's been playing consistent, like, you probably have a better chance of, of winning a bet with him. And, and like, especially too, like I, I play a lot of different things when I bet golf. Like I'll bet the winner. I'll bet maybe a top 10, maybe a top five, maybe the first round leader. Like I'll bet a lot of different things just based on, you know, what yeah, I'm yeah. seeing or what I feel. Well, that was like, I don't know. Is, I can't think of his first thing now. His last name's Herman. What's his name? Do you know his name? Her, say what? It's Herda? His, his last name's Herman. Oh, Jamie Herman. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy like three weeks ago, four weeks, maybe a month now, but I had a two dollar bet on this guy. <laughs> God, I hate I hate to say this story. To win like twelve grand, because he was like the last guy for day yeah. day one leader. What do I do before the tee off? Pull it off. <laughs> oh, was I angry? Day one leader. Yeah, the, the <laughs> first round leader bet is uh, it's a crazy bet because the, thrill. the odds are way higher for anybody because it's so unpredictable. Like, you know, fucking. See who Kim or fucking you know like anybody who come out of the world. Adam Laundry comes out of fucking the Web.com tour six years ago and like shoots a fucking ten under and all of a sudden he's the first round leader. Like it's crazy how that can work. So if you can just kind of strike one of those, like those are. I've actually never this year I didn't hit a first round leader bet. Um, my roommate did actually was sitting next to me here, but uh, who would he have? He Tony Fino. Tony Fino is a sneaky first round leader guy. Dick. Like, if you watch Tony Fino, he is hot off the top, but he'll never close. Like Tony didn't win all year. I don't know when the last time he did win on tour, but he is hot off the bat. Yeah. That's a that's a little tip for the boys out there. Like Tony is a good first round leader bet majority of the time. I like it. Okay, and I'm sure listeners do too. Quick question here now for you. Probably the last one here because it's been going. A great time, long time, but this be, it might be a full podcast for yourself. Full hour pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Take it to the ending room, eh? <laughs> yeah, we'll just gas this one. I just wanted to try and run. <laughs> yeah, so, one in the woodwork. Maybe in 2021. <laughs> so, at, so, Abraham answer. Thoughts on him? Well, like, golfing wise, betting wise, just as a human being, I don't know the guy personally, but uh, he looks, he looks, I seen him actually play. What did he play in the other day? He was in a. Uh, so before you go on, my cousin caddies for him, right? And your cousin caddies for him? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so one, uh, man rocked it, I think, right away. Uh, two, I think he's top fifth, top. Well, he's top fifty in the world. Pretty sick. Anyways, go on. I want to hear what you guys say about him though. And well, I. I mean, I mean, any golfer that's playing in the pga especially to the level that he is like those guys are so so far and beyond better than like 
what you can even think. Like I've been, I've, I've been lucky. I've been to a handful of PGA events and like those guys, I mean, they hit the ball. Like it's like your best swing, your best shot every single time of the year. Like yeah. so those guys playing at the level they do week in and week out. Like I have respect for every single one of those guys. Even the guys that play in the, in the corn fair or whatever it's called now, like those guys yeah, yeah. Like, too, but he's one of the best players in the world. I think, I mean, he's, he's proven it in this season, especially like this season. He was, uh, he kind of came out of his shell, I think. You know, he yeah. Was, uh, he had a couple pretty, pretty good. What was he? The one day he was, or the one tournament. I forget which tournament he was. He was in the final. Well, the Masters. He was, he was like four. Was it fourteen or twelve under? And then he kind of fell off at the end. But I mean, he was there though. He was there. Yeah, exactly. He, well, he was in the tournament. I know he's in the in the Masters, but he was he was in the final pair. I forget which fucking tournament it was here now though. But like, and he should have won it though too. His putter let him off the hook that day. I forget what tournament that was. I feel like. I want to say it was like Tory Pines or something like that, where or uh, not Tory Pines, but uh, one of those California courses there. But uh, he was in the final pair, and I watched him all day. And he was hitting the ball within 10, 15 feet, like almost every single fucking hole. And he just couldn't, he couldn't find putt. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. But he's, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. I didn't know your cousin Caddy from. That's unbelievable. Fuck, I'd love the Caddy for that guy. Oh yeah, and like my cut, yeah. Anyhow, like he'll he'll put it this way, he will win. I bet Abraham Answer will win a major. I bet he'll win a major in the next. I don't know if I'll say next year, but I bet in the next two years that guy will win a major. Boom! I love it. We're cutting that out. Send it out right now. Tweeting at him. It's done. Give me a hey, if you can find a line for it, I'll put a couple jingles on it too. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, my boy Abe. <laughs> I like it. Okay, quickly here. Uh, obviously, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, what's your handle? And go follow. Um, yeah, just tell us what it is, and then we'll go from there. At uh, at VLT Sask. That's all you need to know. That's uh, that's the handle. Uh, I'll try to. I'll try to pump out some good content. Try to give the boys some winners here and girls, whoever wants to listen here. I, I uh, try to try to tweet when I can. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, it's not my full time gig. I, I do it when I can, and I usually I, the problem is too half the time. That's the worst part about it. It's like usually the only time I'm tweeting is when I'm had a couple snaps and <laughs> banged up a bit, had a couple whiskeys, and that's when the that's when the creativity gets going. But um, yeah, no VLT SAS. If you want to give it a follow, uh, I'll try. Yeah, yeah. We all know here in Saski we have short summers. So what better way to keep your golf game up to par than heading on down to Divots Indoor Golf. Check them out on social media, Divots Indoor Golf. Located on Rochdale Boulevard. Play at Divots, don't make them. Alrighty, there it is, episode 53 of Off the Hosel. Uh, again, Troy, two great interviews. Sorry, Dan, you weren't here today for the intro recap. But, boo. <laughs> before we get Making me work more overtime there, Daniel. Absolutely. Well, you're, you're my guy. And where the hell's Christian? I took the night off. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, two good interviews today. You know, Cody Fajardo, we talk about the riders. We talk, you know, what, he, you know, just some of the things that he was looking forward to this season. And, and obviously, you know, he loves being here. He loves Saskatchewan. Uh, we love having him here, obviously. And, uh, Troy, any uh, further comments on that interview? Yeah. Cody complaining about crappy weather in reno it was a what was he 70 73 whatever Mindy. it was it was too in the hot to be upset about <laughs> no I i'm was... just bugging uh no i'm really glad cody came on the show uh i reached out he got right back to us uh, he joined the other 
Ryder alumni of Off the Hoswell, eh? Craig Dickinson, Dan Clark. So uh, really appreciate Cody coming on. And I know I know our listeners will really like his uh, his interview. He, he, he had some good stories. He was funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously to follow it up with, uh, you know, VLT Sask. Uh, again, a lot of fun with that one, talking gambling and, you know, VLTs and cash, everything. It was, uh, made my head was in a pretzel sometimes listening to some stuff that I don't know half about gambling, which is probably a good thing. Press it. Yeah, press it and have a, have a snap. He always says, and trust the process. So uh, two good interviews, um, you know, and right, right off the, right, we'll see it right now too at the end of the show here. That's why you have to listen to the end because uh, we interviewed Dylan Playfair today, Letter Kenny, you know, I would say, you know, Canadian TV stars, the new, the new head coach of the Mighty Ducks in the new TV series, uh, sorry, Bombay, uh, as Emilio will be coaching someone, Emilio! So he'll be coaching someone else and Great interview with him. And then to follow it up on the same day, we, we, uh, we had a doubleheader. We had Adam Hadwin. Followed her up with Adam Hadwin, PGA exceptional player, number 78 in the world rankings. Um, great interview. Didn't see it coming, I guess is the way I could word it. Um, Adam had a lot of good stories, lots of good advice. You know, even his time growing up in Saskatchewan, which wasn't that long, but he still felt Sasky at heart. Absolutely. Yeah, I, so I, we, yeah, the guests just keep coming in. Great interviews. Having a lot of fun doing this. Looking forward to 2021 here. Uh, Troy, again, uh, let, I look forward to talking to you next week as we do drop another interview, as we always will. But I'm getting this consensus here is that uh, friends of the show, James Duffy and Craig Button, are getting ready to wrap up this uh, po- uh, pregame show. Uh, World Juniors coming up. Yeah, I might get carved, but. I love Canada, but I think the USA is a better hockey team right now. 20 bucks in the co-host pocket. Add VLT SAS. Check him out. All right, guys. Have a great... Um, all right. It's for, sorry. Troy, see you later. See you. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Peace. Come on down and play Divots Indoor Golf. It's the place to be. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Peace. See ya. See ya.